Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls. And this week we are covering Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And I have titled this one Ridiculous. Because <laughs> I love saying it the whole time. Well, we've been saying it the last couple episodes. <laughs> I'm like, wait till we get to the yep. third one. <laughs> All right. So the book was originally published July 8th, 1999, and it's written by J.K. Rowling. It got a Goodreads rating of 4.57 out of 5, and it's 435 pages. They just keep getting longer. I compared it to the next one. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's almost 800 pages. <laughs> the, fa- the sad thing is that's not even the longest I know. one. <laughs> okay, anyways. Uh, the movie came out in 2004, so not too far after the last one. Uh, again, rated PG. Um, and is actually the last PG rated movie of the series. Yeah, it gets dark. <laughs> yeah, still an adventure fantasy family movie. It's two hours and twenty two minutes long. Uh, this time it was directed by Alfonso Coron. I totally not pronouncing I think it's that. Curon. Curon. He was close. Um, this is the only Harry Potter movie he actually ended up doing. Um, he was he was actually given the position after Chris Columbus decided to move on. He was actually signed on for all of the movies, but decided that he wanted to see his children grow up and he felt like he was missing out on that. That's sweet. Uh, so he actually recommended Alfonso for this position. Um, but he's actually a really acclaimed director. He won uh, Oscars for Best Director for Roma and Grand gravity um and, but they did make him sign a clause before that they started saying that he was not allowed to curse in front of the children on set because <laughs> evidently he's a little i mean he's hispanic so i think he's yeah. there's he's got a lot of flavor and yeah. just kind of speaks his mind he's spicy <laughs> yeah so um but interesting that he only did one movie so i'm not exactly maybe sure he why. absolutely hated doing it <laughs> he it seemed like he had a lot of opinions and yeah. him and jk rowling had to go back and forth quite a bit mm. on it i mean you can definitely tell that this movie was directed by somebody different right um but chris columbus did stay on for this movie as a producer i think to help the transition well, that's nice of him <laughs> yeah so the imdb synopsis reads harry potter ron and hermione return to hogwarts school of witchcraft and wizardry for their third year of study where they delve into the mystery surrounding an escaped prisoner who poses a dangerous threat to the young wizard i really love that they name harry by his full name and then yes. it's just ron and hermione. <laughs> yeah <laughs> harry potter so some fun facts about the book This book actually sold 68,000 copies in the UK within three days of its release, making it the fastest selling British book of all time in that year. I'm assuming someone has displaced that by now. (laughs) Um, For part of 1999, the first three Harry Potter books occupied the top three slots on the New York Times bestseller list. It didn't stay that way, though, because um, Prisoner of Azkaban was the book that pushed um, the New York Times to actually create a separate list for children's literature. So that left room for more adult related books Hmm. yeah um so and then this book was the last harry potter book with a staggered publication date um with goblet of fire start or starting with goblet of fire the rest of the books came out on the same date in the uk and in the u.s Uh. so u.s people didn't have to wait longer to get their book yeah i mean i guess i never thought that that was a thing but i guess it makes well and just in reading so many novels in the last year like i noticed like um a lot of publishers will say uk date is this date and then u.s date i'm like just well if you remember episodes and episodes and episodes ago when we did the nanny or not nanny diaries uh 
Devil Wears Prada, uh-huh. our very first episode, yeah. she has to go and try to find the Harry Potter books oh, yeah. that were not published in the U.S. That's yet. That's right. That's a good so point. That's funny. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. Um, another fun fact. So J.K. Rowling is actually allergic to cats, um, but she does have fond memories of a cat that roamed the London neighborhood where she worked in the 80s, and that's who Crookshanks is based How does she have of. fond memories of a cat she was never able to be around? Well, I'm assuming she probably likes cats, but just is allergic to them, so she can't be around that's them. Funny. Um, and then lastly, Professor Lupin was one of J.K. Rowling's favorite characters to write. Hmm. So she was really excited to introduce him in this book. I did like his character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the movie has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually almost 10% higher than the last two books. Interesting. Um, which is very interesting, considering this this movie was so different from the other two. You'd think people would have had jarring... Uh, you know, reviews, but True. who knows? Uh, the budget was $130 million and it worldwide grossed uh, $796 million, which made it the only Harry Potter movie that grossed less than $800 million worldwide. So this hmm. was the the least selling box office But box so office far movie. the highest rated. Yeah. Interesting. So, I don't know. It seems kind of like, I feel like if you've already committed to two of these films, why the third one you were like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> And so some fun facts about the movie. Um, and so I don't know if I fully believe this fact, but I thought it was interesting if it is true. Um, in order to get acquainted with um, himself and the actors and actresses, Alfonso, the new director, told all of the actors and actresses to write essays about their characters that they played mm-hmm. in like a first person manner. And it says that Emma Watson in true Hermione fashion wrote like a 16 page essay <laughs> about her character. Um, Daniel Ratcliffe wrote about a page summary and it says that Rupert Grit, who plays Ron didn't even turn one in. That is so telling. I know. I was like, if it is true, that's super interesting. And if it is true, that's super annoying. Like I, if I was in my third year, I'd be like, bro, just watch the movies, read the book. You'll get the idea of my character. I mean, but didn't these kids do schoolwork during the, I don't know. So one big difference, we'll jump into this already, is that in the first two movies, when you see the kids at Hogwarts, they actually are still wearing their robes pretty much the entire time. Mm-hmm. And this was the first movie um, where you actually will see the kids in different in normal day normal clothing. Clothes, yeah. And that was actually Alfonso's doing that. He had to get permission from, from JK Rowling to let them do it because he wanted them to start showing their personalities mm-hmm. more. Um, which is funny. Cause I didn't even realize it until I read this fact. I was like, Oh wait, yeah, they totally were in just normal type clothing. Yeah. They, they- I feel like they make them a little bit more relatable in that way. Yeah. Like, obviously, we all know that they're wizards, but, like, it just feels more like, oh, I could have been a kid at my school. Yeah, exactly. So, but I don't know. There's something about a good robe. Sure. <laughs> I guess they're their dress robes now. Um, so I did notice this. I, one, in, one of the opening scenes with the Dursleys. So Harry Mellon, who plays Dudley, had started to lose a lot of weight. And mm-hmm. it was like so significant that they actually almost thought about recasting him. But ended up putting him in a fat suit to make him look bigger. And you can totally... It was a terrible fat suit. Oh, yeah. Like all of the Dursleys looked quite a bit bigger in this. And I don't know if they did it to try to <laughs> hide the the illusion but i don't think they did a very good job with it that's but, funny i mean good on him to lose the weight right but, but i'm also like bro how much money you, <laughs> how much money are you making off these films like just be a chubby kid for a little bit longer <laughs> hey if they're gonna recast Self-help. true but if they're gonna recast your character like how many how many actors and actresses true. lose weight and gain weight that's for, a good point for the art but also he's a teenager <laughs> he's probably I mean, bullied sure. his entire life <laughs> i mean sure <laughs> 
Um, so the fil- the filming actually had to be halted at one point because somebody vandalized the Hogwarts Express. Oh, That's like how dare tagging they? a national treasure. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it took them a little bit longer to film. Uh, speaking on the cats, they actually used two different red Persian cats for the role of Crookshanks in this. Um, their names were Cracker Jack and Pumpkin. Um, and the trainers actually uh, shed some of the cat's fur um, and rolled them into little balls to make it look like a little bit more of a mangy cat like Crookshanks was supposed to be so uh, the whole time I'm reading this book and I hadn't seen this movie in a long time I thought Crookshanks was the was an actual person like I thought he was somebody that was hiding in a cat's body (laughs) I was like oh I figured it out and I'm like wait I don't think that's what happened (laughs) no no oh you thought he was he was an animagus (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's funny Um, and then lastly, this is the last Harry Potter that was released on VHS in 2004. Wow. So the rest of them were all DVDs after that. That's crazy. I know. Uh, do you know that I actually got a DVD player for Christmas? And it was like one of the things everyone's like, do they even sell DVD players anymore? This year you got a DVD player? Well, yeah. Long story. <laughs> Have you ever tried to watch because watch a DVD on an Xbox? No. Okay. Well, if you put... If you Put it in the Xbox and you need to pause it really quickly. Well, after a while, the Xbox controller goes off. So then you have to turn the Xbox controller on and then you have to do like A, B, Y seven times <laughs> to get it to stop. And then if you have to rewind, it's a pain in the butt. Oh, it's annoying. just a pain. So, But like, I, did you get just a regular DVD player or like a Blu-ray player? <laughs> Well, it's like a Blu-ray DVD player. Okay. But everyone was like, do they even still sell them? I mean, I own one, but I definitely didn't buy it this year. But I was year. very happy. It was one of my favorite gifts. That's so funny. <laughs> I was so excited about it. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, the cast of the movie, I thought we would go into um, the Dursleys, obviously, because we mm-hmm. haven't talked about them other than Dudley. Um, but Uncle Vernon, who is Harry's uncle, is played by Richard Griffith. Yeah, Griffiths with an S. <laughs> um, unfortunately, he did pass away in 2013, making him the 11th Harry Potter film series cast member to have died since the movies came out. 11th. 11th. Wow. And granted, I mean, we're getting a little further away from it, but True. in 2013, there hadn't been that many, you know, the movies hadn't been out for that long. Right. So, but if you think about it, just the, you know, some of the actors alone, you know, I can think of three off the top of my That's head. So, um, but he was also in history of boys and was in pirates of the Caribbean on stranger tides. And in a 2007 interview, he said that he loved to play, um, Vernon Dursley in Harry Potter because it gave him free license to be horrible to kids. <laughs> <laughs> and That's I was great. like, well, you know, he was great at it. Yeah. So, so Aunt Petunia, who is Harry's aunt, is played by Fiona Shaw, and I love her. She's in Killing Eve, and she was in uh, Enola Holmes and True Blood. By the way, Enola, Enola Holmes is a great movie on Netflix, if you ever... What's that about? Uh, it's Sherlock's little sister. Oh! So, and is played by... Um, what's her name? Oh, my gosh. The girl who plays Eleven. Billy... Oh, uh, I was about to say Billie Eilish. Yeah. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, it's her. Yeah, it's great. It's it's very witty and mm-hmm. quick, and so I think you'd like it. I love Fiona and Killing Eve. She's great. It's on my list. I've not watched that You have yet. it? No, because I love Christina from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, she, well, she's great in it. All, basically, yeah. all the leads in that show are really, really good. Yeah, it's on my list, but, you know, we're busy now. <laughs> um, and then she's actually known a lot for her for being on Broadway, and she was really into plays and theater and stuff, so... Um, but she's great. I wish mm-hmm. she had more of a presence in these movies true (laughs) um so Sirius Black who is you know presumably the villain of this movie um is played by Gary Oldman his nickname is Gaz I don't know how you get that from Gary but it is that's funny Gaz Uh, Gaz is like a little um treat in Farsi 
Oh. It's really yummy. Well, there you go, Gary. <laughs> um, he actually won a Best uh, Actor Oscar for uh, his, his role in The Darkest Hour. He was in Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises as Commissioner Gordon. And I had no idea. What? I just never put two and two together. Oh, and I he, love him in that role. I mean, and he has like a big old mustache yeah, in that movie. True. So I guess I just wasn't paying attention. Um, he was also in Air Force One, which is one of my Great favorite movie. movies. I'm actually surprised you've seen it. Oh, I love that movie. Get off my plane. I will watch it anytime it's on TV. <laughs> it's so great. Um, he was in Kung Fu Panda 2. Uh, and for all the gaming nerds out there, um, Boyfriend Ray, uh, <laughs> you will enjoy this fun fact. His voice is actually in Call of Duty Black Ops and World of War. So I'm sure I've heard his voice a million times. Oh, I'm sure. Well, he has a very, like, like... You know how Morgan authoritative. Fre- yeah, you know how Morgan Freeman's like known as God. Mm-hmm. Like when you hear Gary Oldman's voice, you're like, okay, I'll listen yeah. to what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I loved him. I love Sirius Black. He's one of my favorite Harry Potter character. I love his um character development. Development. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he's really grungy looking in this film too. So, <laughs> so Professor Lupin, who is our third def- uh, defense against the dark arts teacher in the series, <laughs> uh, is played by uh, David Thewlis. Um, which we know from covering, I'm thinking of ending things. He was the father in that movie. Um, he's in, or he was in the TV series Fargo. Um, he's going to be in the new Avatar two and three. The Uh, one that people have been waiting years for. Yeah. He'll be in that. Who knows? He'll probably be a blue person. So you probably won't even know. Um, and then he was also in wonder woman. Uh, I love him. I think he was great. I mean, when you put him next to Sirius black, like he's just kind of like the, who cares friend yeah for sure i mean (laughs) it's like you know yeah (laughs) it's hard to compare i will say though like in the book they made him sound like this like mangy kind of Mm -hmm. guy who just like his clothes were ripped and all this and they didn't portray that as much in the movie like no they they went more the route of like whoa that guy's been through some shit yeah scars on his (laughs) yeah it was more like his face and that's about it like his wardrobe was fine true um and you know and then i think everyone was like kate there's no way that the bad guy can be the defense against the dark arts teacher again (laughs) like or you know what i mean or he he can't be totally or you'd be pissed because you'd be like it's the same movie movie. (laughs) and and again we still i mean you still go down that road again but anyways i mean school is school like most years you're your life is pretty much the same. Well, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the plot villain and stuff. True. Like this teacher, you know, role has been in all three books so far. You can't tell me it hasn't been. No, I'm, I'm, like, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Professor Sybil Trelawney is played by Emma Thompson. And we actually mentioned her last episode yes. because she is the ex-wife of the person who played Gilderoy Lockhart. Really hard with that. Oh my gosh. I know I can't do it. Uh, But anyway, so she's actually a very famous actress. She's won two Oscars. um, One for her leading role um, in. Did you say who who it was played by? (laughs) Yeah. Emma Thompson. Oh, okay. I missed that. (laughs) Um, She's actually has been in a ton of movies. Um, She's won an Oscar for best actress and she's also won an Oscar for uh best writing screenplay for Sense and Sensibility, making her the only actress who has won two Oscars, one for best actress and then one for screenwriting. Ever? Ever. But I mean, if you think about it, I mean, those are two huge categories. That's true. Usually it's like actor and director or producer. Well, producers don't get awards, I don't think. That's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. I love her. Her role in um, Love Actually is my absolute favorite. <laughs> I was going to say, she was in Love Actually and obviously Sense and Sensibility. She's going to be in the upcoming Cruella movie. Um, obviously not as Cruella. Bummer. Um, you know who's playing Cruella though, right? Mm, is it Meryl? No. Oh. <laughs> Emma, Emma uh, Stone. 
Ew. She actually looks really good in it, though. Like, I've seen... like She's, like, not old enough, I feel like. I mean, she's in her 30s, like, in Cruella. Like, that's kind of, okay, you fine. know... I'm, I'm here for it. I've, but you need to see the regular 101 Dalmatians before you see that one. All right. <laughs> uh, she was also in Men in Black uh, International and Men in Black 3. Uh, she was Mrs. Potts in uh, Beauty and the Beast. She was in uh, Saving Mr. Banks, Brave, and was Nanny McPhee in Nanny McPhee. Um, and she actually accepted the role um, of Professor Trelawney just to impress her daughter, which is not the first time we've heard this. Right. I mean, who wouldn't? Like, you'd be crazy not to. I know. And really any character in, in these films. Right. Like, I'm going to go ahead and take that. Uh, and the last character we'll talk about, which we can't not, is the new Elvis Dumbledore. Mm, yeah. So, um... The guy who played him in the last two movies, unfortunately, had passed away. So they uh, ended up casting Michael Gambon, Gambon for this uh, for the role. He was in The Kingsman, Golden Circle, The King's Speech, and Godsford, Gos, Gosford Park. Um, and those are two. He's been in two movies that were like massive hits mm-hmm. and so Dumbledore 2.0 the, Dumbledore 2.0 the superior Dumbledore yeah, in my opinion well <laughs> Rosha you can't say that this yes I can dead. it's okay <laughs> um funny enough though he's an antique weapons enthusiast and I was like you know what I feel like Dumbledore would be that totally like that just fits the brand <laughs> um one thing about this character is that you will see this this Dumbledore moves around a lot more. Um, but one of the things that they did change with this character is that um, when in the first two movies, they had Dumbledore in very heavy clothing. It was really, really heavy to a point where he could barely, you know, get up mm-hmm. and down. So for this Dumbledore, who's a little bit younger, they decided to give him um, just two layers of silk and it let him just play this character a lot more light. He said that it was almost just like walking around in a pair of slippers like a hippie. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Someone that they were thinking about casting for this uh, role was Sir um, Ian McLennan, who <gasps> ended up playing Gandalf yes. in Lord of the Rings. And he kind of said he uh, he had enough trouble living up to one legend that two would be way too much for him. But, so. like, can't you see him in oh, that 100%, role? Oh, 100%. But, like, I totally get what he's saying. Like, you're Gandalf, and you're like, you have to live up to That's that true. role. Dumbledore's the same way. Plus, as you were saying in, in the first episode, um, so many, like, Lord of the Rings fans think that this is a knockoff oh, anyway. Oh, they would have been so. pissed. Yeah. They would have been pissed. <laughs> um, so, so we're kind of getting to the the secondary characters. So next episode, we'll get into some some background characters. <laughs> we're getting, it's getting a little slim. <laughs> All right. Time for What Does the Spell Do? Okay, I think I'm going to do better this time. Let's hope so. <laughs> All right, your first one is Lumos. Yeah, that's when they use lights things up. What is lit up, though? The wand. Correct. It's called the wand lighting charm. Mm. <laughs> um, next up. I mean, we've already said this like a million <laughs> times, but ridiculous. Okay, well, I mean, it's a little bit more complex, mm-hmm. right? It's like it takes the buggert. He pronounces it buggered. He's I re- wrong. I rewound <laughs> it's a, it's a five times. It's a boggart. <laughs> I re- and he said buggered. I, I think it's based on your um, dialect and, and like your accent. He said bugger in the movie, so I'm going <laughs> with that. And when I was reading the book, I was saying bogart. Okay. But it, it, he said buggered, so okay. there we go. Um, but it basically like, you know, it's like the defense against that. Yes. So basically it's called the boggart banishing spell, and it causes the creature to assume a humorous form. Next up is Impervious. Ooh, I have no idea. This wasn't in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> it repels water and mist. It's what Hermione uses to clear Harry's glasses during a Quidditch oh, she match. She said that like, what, once? 
Well, still, I'm trying to make these hard. And it was hard. <laughs> and last but not least, Expecto Patronum. Um, it is the shield against the um, those thingies. Uh, oh, my God. The Dementors. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's used to ward them off, um, which are the Dementors are the guardians of Azkaban. All right. Next up is who said it? First up. Welcome. How nice to see you in the physical world at last. God, there's so many characters. <laughs> In the physical world? Uh, let's go with Professor Trelawney. Yes. There we go. Because she's usually in her she's magical a, she's mind a world. Yeah. Next up. What you fear most of all is fear. Very wise. That was Professor Lupin. Yes. Talking about Harry and the bugger. <laughs> the bugger. <laughs> okay. Um, well, next up. My dear boy, we don't send wizards to Azkaban just for blowing up their ants. <laughs> One, I wish you did these in a um, English accent. I, my English accent is terrible, <laughs> so I'm sparing people. What was the What was the episode I did? It was like an English. It did some sort of weird accent, and I need your commitment. Oh, I think it was the um, girl with the dragon tattoo. You did like a <laughs> my Swedish accent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean we shouldn't do accents. Um, that was Cornelius Fudge, correct? The Minister of Magic. Yes. And lastly, the consequences of our actions are always so complicated, so diverse, that predicting the future is a very difficult business indeed. Oh my gosh. Are you trying to trick me? I don't know. Is that Professor Trelawney again? No. Ah, it's Dumbledore. Damn it. Come on, you should know. It was a very wise sentence. Yeah, yeah but then predicting the future. Da, 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 da. Um, I will say, we will get to it. One of my all-time favorite quotes of ever mm-hmm. is in this movie. And it was not in the book. Oh. And I don't know if you know, it's from Dumbledore. Ooh, not And I was like waiting for it to come in the book and it never came. And I was like, maybe it wasn't this movie. And it definitely was. All right. Let me know when we get to it. All right. Lastly, we've got F. Mary Kill. Your options are three of the four marauders. We've got Sirius Black. Oh my gosh. Professor Lupin and Peter Pettigrew. Oh God. Wait, same again. Sirius Black. Okay. Professor Lupin. Peter Pettigrew. Oh, okay. So everyone but James. Yes. Well, the one that's, you know, dead. I didn't want to include. <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, we're going to kill Peter Pettigrew because one, he's not cute and he's a little mouse and he's a twerp. Sure. <laughs> I will marry Sirius Black because then we're even closer to Harry Potter. Like, okay. you know, six degrees of separation. Yeah, right? Got it. Um, and then I will spend the night in the shrieking shack with, um, with Lupin. In that disgusting shack. Yeah. <laughs> not when it's a full moon though. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Again, I will somewhat agree with you. Um, I will also kill Peter. I will marry Professor Lupin because he's just really sweet. And you know me, I'm a sucker for sweet guys. Are you? Yes. For the most part. I don't actually date them. I, just, I was going to say, based on your last boyfriend, that's not a true statement. Um, and then I will spend a night in the Shrieking Shack with Sirius Black because have you seen him? He gets better. Trust I was going to say, yeah, I did see him. And that's why I didn't pick that one. All right, so let's get into this one. Not the longest movie, so maybe it won't take us seven hours. Say that now. (laughs) So the movie opens up once again at the Dursley's house. Uh, This is a very abbreviated version of this, which I'm okay with. Like, let's just get, let's let's get them there. We know they don't like him, whatever. Yeah. Uh, But Harry's doing homework under the covers because they're not allowing him to do any of his homework. They don't want him to do any of that. And also, like, but like, why is Hogwarts giving so much homework over summer break? 
every year because it's a school (laughs) what school did you go to that they gave you homework over summer break um summer school at that point (laughs) just let them stay at school fair (laughs) harry would love that Uh, hermione would love that true (laughs) (laughs) um but then he also brings up the fact about how he needs a permission slip signed because uh the third years well they actually don't mention really they don't go into too much detail about what he needs his permission slip mm-hmm. for. Um, but we know from the book that the third years are allowed to go to Hogsmeade, which is a city, a neighboring city of Hogwarts. Um, but of course, you know, his uncle's not going to sign this. Well, yeah. Uh, but in the mo- or in the book, they kind of go into a description of the deal he made with, with the Dursleys. Yeah. So even before then, Harry actually gets presents for the first yeah, year that for totally his birthday. Gets taken I out. know, which is sad. So he gets presents from Ron, Hermione, and Hagrid. Ron gives him a, what's called a sneakosnope, sneakosnope, <laughs> sneakoscope, which detects danger. Which is important to note because when he bought it, when Ron bought it, it was already acting strange. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Well, and it what it's danger, and if someone's like untrustworthy, right? Yes. Um, Hermione gave him a um, broom servicing kit which is freaking cool (laughs) and then Hagrid gave him a book of um the monster book of monsters Mm -hmm. which will come into play later but yes so the deal he makes with um, Uncle Vernon is if I behave uh for Aunt Marge who's coming to visit uh you will then sign my permission slip for me which Um, doesn't happen (laughs) do you know who uh do you know who Aunt Marge is played by no (laughs) I didn't go into her um have you seen the movie Matilda oh yeah the woman who plays Mrs. Trenchpool. That's her. Uh, <laughs> the hair threw me the off. The hair threw me off. Yeah. I mean, it's totally... I, the fate, There was something about the teeth that... I was like, mm-hmm. I gotta go and see if that was her, and yeah. it was. And um, then, I'm sorry. And then one other thing to note. Um, in the book, Harry first hears about Sirius on Muggle News, which yes. is different than the movie. Yes. And they... Um, I did see that they... in the mo- Or in the book, they talk about how there is a TV in every different room mm-hmm. because Dudley does not want to walk to the different yeah. TVs. Um, um, they don't mention that in the movie, but if you look, there are three TVs yeah, that's great. <laughs> that you can see. Um, but yeah, so Aunt Marge is now visiting. She hates Harry. She detests him. Um, but basically, she just eggs him on. Like, she says that, you know, his dad was a drunk. His mom, you know, wasn't good for anything. Um, and Harry inadvertently, you know, blows her up into a balloon. Uh, something different. She ends up floating out of the house mm-hmm. in the movie. In the book, she just floats up to the ceiling. Right. She doesn't float yep. into the into the world um but at that point harry's like all right i'm screwed <laughs> like i'm not getting my permission slip sign like gotta go gotta go he packs the stuff and he's like see you bye um but when he leaves the house and and they didn't go this is one thing that i wish they would have went into a little more detail in is that at this point harry thinks he's gonna get suspended from school right. because he was using magic like and he the, there's this whole inner dialogue of him being worried about that um but you don't get any of that in the movie at all. Yeah. He's just like, well, I gotta go. See you later. <laughs> um, but he ends up seeing this really scary dog kind of in the distance when he leaves, um, which does come into play later. So thankfully they left that part in. Yes. Uh, but Harry's sitting there. He's totally stranded. He doesn't know what to do. He didn't think two steps ahead of what's my next move. Um, but luckily the night bus comes 
the coolest <laughs> bus on the planet. I love this scene. It's one of my, one of, it's an iconic Take scene. Take it away, <laughs> Um, but it's a bus for stranded and kind of lost wizards. Uh, my favorite part is that they added the little shrunken head. Yes. Because that's not mentioned in the book, is no. it? And, uh, <laughs> so great. Which is so funny. Um, but he tells him that he's headed to the Leaky Cauldron in London because he knows if he gets there, he can get to Diagon Alley mm-hmm. into the wizard world. In the book, he actually tells them that his name is Neville Longbottom yeah. because he doesn't want anyone to recognize him, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. They take that completely out of, of the movie. Um, but while he's on that bus, he actually sees a newspaper with Sirius Black and showing that he has escaped from Azkaban. And like every good thing in the wizarding world, it moves. So it's like this really creepy picture of him yep. like going crazy. Um, but he finds out that he was a murderer and he's just like a really bad guy. But the first time Harry has ever heard of this guy before. Right. Um, <laughs> and then one of the things that they added that I loved is how the bus uh, squeaks in between the other two buses. Uh, I did read though, that is that uh, when this movie was coming out to incentivize people to buy movie tickets, they did a partnership with Lego mm-hmm. and people got little miniature Lego sets of the bus. That's and you can cute. actually now buy the big version of yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen um, that. But I'm also like, do you really need to incentivize people <laughs> to come see these? Right. There's so many things that you can buy in this wizarding yeah. world. Um, but now, so they get to the leaky cauldron Um and a little different in the book, I think, isn't the Minister of Magic basically waiting for him when he gets off the bus? Yeah, he's like at the door. Uh, at this, But at this point in the movie, he kind of just gets off and goes in and he just kind of walks up to a room. There's no like, what are you doing here? What are you here? doing here? Yeah. Like, we have a room for yeah. you. Like, none of that gets explained because basically in the book, the Minister of Magic comes in and is like, where have you been? Like, right. they've been looking, We've been for, looking him. for him. Yeah. And so, um, but he gets up to this room and the Minister of Magic is waiting for him and Hedwig is there because they didn't mention also in the movie that Harry, they actually did let uh, Hedwig out of his cage, mm-hmm. um, but that he kind of sent Hedwig away because he didn't want Hedwig to get in trouble. So, right. but now he's back. Um, Such a good owl. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said earlier, he said that, that he's not in trouble for blowing up his aunt, that they're like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> It happens. No big deal. Uh, but he starts to he starts to tell Harry that he shouldn't be out and about um, because Sirius Black has escaped, um, which you know then tells you that obviously it has something to do with Harry. It of course. Does. <laughs> um, so something a little different is basically Harry gets there in the next day. Like Ron and Hermione are there; they're mm-hmm. ready to go. That's not the timeline in the book. So actually, in the book, yeah, he's. Actually, there for like a whole week. Yeah. He spends time in Diagon Alley. He goes to like all the different shops. He knows he, the lay of the land. He does. <laughs> like, I'm sad that we didn't get to see that because I personally love Diagon Alley. Yeah. So I would have loved to see that. But yeah, he like buys all of his books ahead of everybody mm-hmm. else. He sees the firebolts for the very first time, mm-hmm. which is the new new broom. Um, so yeah, we, we get all of that taken yeah. out. It was super sad. Yeah. Uh, so when he gets there, though, there's already... The monster of monster books is already there. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not exactly sure why it just shows up, right? But because in the book it was it was the gift from <laughs> from, from Hagrid. Hagrid. But it's this. I did love the scene how they introduced it because yeah. it's like this scary looking book with teeth, and Harry has to like. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but in the book they they have it where they they're all trying to get this book, and they like live in cages, mm-hmm. and the and the owner of Flourish and Blots is like. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> like you're here for Hogwarts. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Harry goes downstairs the next morning and he sees a cat um, chasing a rat. And we know that it's Crookshanks and Scabbers. But again, you at this point, you don't know who this cat is. Right. Um, because in the book, 
Her- or Hermione buys it. Yeah, they actually go to the, I think it's the Magical Menagerie is the school- mm-hmm. store uh, where they have all these different um, animals. And Crookshanks actually ends up jumping on Ron. And of course, Hermione was like, oh, well, yeah, I obviously have to have this cat. Right. <laughs> so she ends up buying it. Yeah, but in the movie, she already has it. I did love that they made it a Persian cat. Because mm-hmm. if I ever get a cat, it's going to be a squishy face Persian cat. Yeah, I, I kind of wish it was like all white. But I get it. Hedwig has to be the only well, white. yeah. <laughs> Um, but we also don't get, um, we don't get the fact that Scabbers is not looking well either, which is a whole part in the book. That's a good point. Yeah, actually, um, speaking of the, the menagerie, uh, the reason that they go into it is so that Ron can buy like this potion or medicine to help Scabbers because he thinks that he's like dying as a rat. <laughs> yeah. And that actually ends up being kind of a big hint of what happens later. Right. But they don't even mention it. In the no, movie. apparently it wasn't necessary. <laughs> Another thing they don't really go into much detail is, is we see a newspaper with a picture of the Weasleys on it mm-hmm. and find out that the Weasleys uh, won, a, won a bunch of money and decided to all just go to Egypt. <laughs> right. They actually mention it in the book through a letter that Ron sends to mm-hmm. Harry for his birthday. He mentions like, they went to Egypt. It was so great. Yeah. Which that picture ends up again playing into what happens and clues to what happened later right. in, in the book. So again, not really mentioned, but at that point I'm like, if you're not going to like fully go into it later on, then right. what's the point of even keeping it in there? But true. I don't know. Um, this is another part that's quite a bit different in the, between the book and the movie. Um, Mr. Weasley actually pulls Harry aside and he tells him that he's in danger and that, you know, Sirius Black is probably very angry at Harry because he lost everything when Harry killed, or not killed, when Harry beat Voldemort that Mm -hmm. night. And that then he ended up going to prison for all these years. And he tells him he's coming to find you and to kill you. And that's not how it happens in the book at all. No, actually, Harry uh, overhears Mr. and Mrs. Weasley fighting over whether or not to tell Harry and give him a warning. Mr. Weasley wants to tell him. Mrs. Weasley obviously doesn't because she's a caring person. Um, (laughs) But eventually, uh, he does pull him aside when they're at uh, King's Cross to kind of give him a heads up like, Make sure not to, like, go looking for serious Right. But at that point, he already had heard everything. (laughs) He had heard everything already. So now they are on the Hogwarts Express, headed to Hogwarts. And they get into their little cabin. And there's a sleeping professor there. (laughs) And it is Professor Lupin. And um, the train comes to a stop. It loses power. The lights go out. And then it's the spooky Dementors. They're way spookier than I thought. Like totally. after this description in the book, um, they were way spookier in the movie. Imagine <laughs> being a child and like watching this movie and you're like, yeah. this is freaking scary. I actually read something that said that JK Rowling like formed those to, with something that she had, she, I guess she had struggled with depression for a while. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of her interpretation of, of depression. depression. I was like, I did read that. Yeah. Too. I was like, yeah, that's real deep because yeah. they're, they take your, your happiness your basically. Soul, yeah. Um, but so one of the Dementors comes and he tries to basically, it looks like he's sucking Harry's face out. Um, which I think there's a lot, it's a little bit more graphic in the movie than it was depicted in the book, I guess. Um, except the screaming the screaming is way yeah. a bigger thing in the book than it was in the movie. Yeah. He full on hears like conversations when yeah. he uh, hears the screaming, which is basically his parents struggling the night that they were killed. Yeah. Um, but another difference um, in the book, Neville and Ginny are actually in their compartment with them when this happens. Mm-hmm. Like they come in and they're like, what's happening? Like what's going on? So there's more people in, in the book and 
or in the compartment in the book. Yeah. And I think it happens a little bit differently as well. So when the Dementor is basically feeding on Harry, Lupin just kind of, you know, comes from underneath his, his coat mm-hmm. and he, and he scares the Dementor away. I think it happens a little bit differently in the book. Like, I think they had actually talked to him at that point. Like he didn't just, or so, I feel like that wasn't no, the I first. Think, I think it was. Oh, I just felt like it was a much bigger reveal in the movie. Cause every time they the kept book. checking on him, he was still sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he ends up giving Harry chocolate afterwards and which happens quite a few times throughout the movie, but they never mention why they give them the chocolate, mm-hmm. which is basically to like, just boost your endorphins, which makes sense, I guess. I mean, that's why I eat chocolate. <laughs> um, but Ron mentions, you know, at this point that he feels like he will never be cheery again, you know, and he just feels like he's just very, very sad. And, but at that point, Harry's like, did you guys hear that screaming? And they're like, no, you're the only one that heard the screaming. So you know that this thing is pointed towards Harry. Shocking. (laughs) Of course. Uh, So, but now we're back at Hogwarts. I mean, and what was, what was different this time around to Hogwarts is that they weren't on the boats. They took Mm -hmm. these horse-drawn carriages to Hogwarts and Hogwarts looks way scarier this time (laughs) when in the movie, does it like, you know, I think that's Alfonso's doing. Yeah. Like the first two movies, it's like this magical, like, Mm -hmm. you know, place where they're going like here you're like that looks haunted like i said it gets dark it gets real dark <laughs> um but something to important is keep in mind on those carriages they come to play in a couple of later spooky, books spooky carriages <laughs> uh but we get to see the new dumbledore for the very first time he's quite lively yes <laughs> uh, and he explains that lupin is the new defense against the dark arts teacher you know they're three for three now are you not going to talk about the beautiful song that they included? In the oh movie? yeah, I totally. <laughs> I did read. Gosh, that song was stuck in my head because then it's in the ending credits too. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read that. Uh, who's the teacher? Who's the quieter? The Professor Flitwick. Yes, I guess they decided that whatever his part was in the book, they ended up like writing out, writing them out of most of the movie. Mm-hmm. That the director actually ended up putting this in oh, for cute. him, I guess. But yeah, so that was a lovely. We didn't get the we didn't get the sorting hat poem in the first one, but we got this lovely added that wasn't even in the book. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, but then they also announced that that Hagrid is now um, the new teacher of I can't remember what the class is called. Uh, Care of magical creatures. Yes. So, um, which he's so excited, um, but he does talk. Dumbledore says that the Dementors will be at every entrance of Hogwarts, and it's important to know that Dumbledore doesn't want them there. Mm-hmm. He's like he's very against it. Exactly. So, you know, he's trying to explain to the kids, like, you know, be careful, but like, you know, we got this. We're good. Mm-hmm. So this is the point, which is one of my very favorite quotes that he says. That's not in the book. And it's happiness can be found in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. And it literally is one of my favorite quotes of all time. And it's That's not, a great point. It's not it's in the not book. It's not in the book. Yeah. So I'm like, who wrote that? That's a good point. Because I, when I was re- watching it, I was like, why didn't I pick that as my quote from right. the book? Because it's not in the book. Fascinating. <laughs> Interesting. But anyways, like, I like want to get a print of that put on my wall or something. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those like quotes that you're like, yeah, you know what? I can get through this yeah. type thing. Um, anyway, so now they're up in the Gryffindor boys' dorm. Um, and we see the fat lady, I feel like, got quite an upgrade in this movie. She did. She is in this beautiful big frame now. She has um, a beautiful voice, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, but funny enough, someone that doesn't come, you know, he, he actually ends up getting written out, basically, in the in the movie is uh, the, the night guy. 
Yeah, I could not remember his name. Something Cauldron or something. But in this scene, you can see him in the paintings behind all the kids. So he's kind of coming and going, but he gets completely written out mm. of the out of the movie. Um, but yeah, we see the boys upstairs trying a bunch of weird candy, which doesn't happen no. in the book. Um, Although, and then, how do I get that candy? I know, right? <laughs> but then we see the Dementors, like, watching Hogwarts. So I didn't really get the whole point of this scene. There was mm-hmm. no point in my mind to it. Um, but we got it, so there you go. There was, I mean, they do a quick... Um, uh, pan over to the Whomping Willow and there is a bird that gets caught in the Whomping Willow. They bring up the Whomping Willow quite a bit throughout right. the movie to kind of set the stage. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, the next thing we get is the divination class with Professor Trelawney. Um, I figured we weren't going to get this, but I loved in the book how they describe their journey to get to the class, mm-hmm. how it's super far away. Yeah. It's really high up and it's really hot in there. Right. <laughs> um, but she's as kooky as I wanted her to be. She was great. Correct me if I'm wrong, but does this character not remind you of our friend Katya? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, she's really into, like, you know, astrology and the signs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, per- this character was made for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she said that they're going to be reading the tea leaves, which is basically, like, palm reading or tarot. Like, almost like you get... You put these tea leaves in a little cup and whatever shape they make is going to predict your future. Right. Oh, so... But this is the first time they they make note of... Randomly, Hermione just pops up. And so we missed actually kind of a big part that they had in the book about about how Hermione is taking a bunch of classes. Yeah, so I think the normal class schedule is like, I don't know, five classes or whatever, and she's doubled up. And the majority of the classes are at the exact same time, right. which is very odd. And Ron and Hermione, or Ron and Harry find it strange, but she won't really answer why. Yeah. So, and she actually had a meeting with Professor McGonagall that we don't hear what it's about, mm-hmm. but it gets mentioned in the book. Um, but anyway, so they're starting to read these tea leaves. And in Harry's cup, he sees the Grim, which looks like a dog come to find out that it's a death omen in the form of this dog. And so everyone freaks out. And <laughs> um, and so now Harry's all, like, scared that he's going to be, you know, dying, which that happens every year, Harry. Get used to it. Get used to it. But now they are at Hagrid's first lesson. <laughs> and my favorite part is they're like, how are we supposed to open this book? <laughs> like, and he's like, just stroke the spine, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> but I just, I, my heart you know, gets even bigger for Hagrid in this scene because he just wants to be a good teacher. I know. And Draco he just wants to be liked. Just wants to be liked. Um, but we see we see Draco, who's now getting older in like that weird stage in life. He's just funny looking <laughs> in this movie. Um, but him and Harry kind of have it out with each other and he actually mocks Harry for the Dementors and he thinks that, you know, Harry's so scared of them. Again, uh, poor Neville gets reamed in the movie and his book attacks him in this scene too, which is great. Uh, But we get introduced to Buckbeak, who is the hippogriff. And in the book though, there's like a bunch of them there. Mm -hmm. So they narrowed it down to just one, which was fine. We didn't need a whole whole lot of them. Um, But the one thing Hagrid says is like, do not insult them. Like there's a bunch of rules that they list out in the in the book, but that was the main one they yeah. focused on in the movie. Um, but Harry ends up walking up to greet Buckbeak, and he passes its test. And one thing that got added, which is kind of the start, and I'm interested to see how this plays out 
in the books. But this is the very first time that Ron and Hermione, you kind of see there could be something between mm-hmm. them because at that point, Hermione gets scared and grabs Ron Ron's hand, yes. which doesn't get mentioned in the book at all. No, there are a couple of scenes in this b- movie where you kind of get that feeling. Yeah. Which so, is, I'm here for it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious on how and if it comes up throughout the book. So that's one thing I'm going to keep my... To my recollection, it does in the next book. Hmm, interesting. Um, so Hagrid, uh, <laughs> after... Uh, what's his name? Buckbeak basically accepts Harry. Hagrid just throws him on his back to ride. Um, and he flies over the school, which is super cool. Um, one thing that was different though, is that in the book, Harry's like terrified this entire time. Yeah. The entire time he, he's like gripping his hair. No, uh, movie Harry was super excited about this. Like he let go at some point. Well, and it was (laughs) such a longer ride in the movie. Like in the, in the book, it was like a quick, like turnaround ride yeah um but of course he comes back and draco's a jerk and decides like that wasn't that hard i'm gonna go up and do it ends up insulting buckbeak the one thing you're not supposed to do and he scratches malfoy's arm and he's like yeah i'm gonna die he's so dramatic (laughs) so dramatic um but so they end up taking him back to the hospital and you're like oh no hagrid this wasn't good but one thing that they left out was what hagrid what hagrid ends up teaching you know them after this because he gets kind of gun shy of what he should be teaching the kids afterwards. Yeah, he decides to like do like the simplest creatures, <laughs> like no worms. Time. Yeah, worms. <laughs> which like, how can you screw up worms? But they fi- manage to find a way to do it. But yeah, he goes very like low key. Yeah, very I think simple. I think even their final of the class is he's like, your final exam is to not kill these not worms. kill these worms throughout the class. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, but so now they are in the Great Hall and they get um, they get word that Sirius Black has been spotted and that he's getting closer to Hogwarts. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. <laughs> so now they are in the Defense Against the Dark Arts class, which is one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, when they get to do the Buggerts. I'm going to say it. Okay. Gonna- <laughs> um, but it's, it's the thing that shapes into your biggest fears when you see it. It's described quite a bit different. In my mind, it was it was described different in the book, how like if two people are looking at it at the same time, Mm -hmm. it confuses it. And that's how you kind of defeat it. But in the meantime, you can use this ridiculous spell and whatever. I agree. Um, But he teaches them how to use the ridiculous spell. And so, but now they all get a turn to try to fight it. One thing also that they left out is when they initially go in the book to, to learn about this thing, professor Snape is in the room Mm -hmm. and he like, is super mean to Neville for no reason. Because he's a jerk. Right. And he like points Neville out. He's like, Neville's in your class. You're, you know, beware. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he basically brings Neville up first. This is the part where I really started like looping a lot. Cause he's like, all right, no Neville, we're going to do this. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> so great. Um, in that way. Yeah. And so, but it ends up turning into professor Snape in front of Neville. And then he does the spell on him and it turns into his grandma's clothes, which I, which Hilarious. I love. Um, next up was Ron and it turns into a giant spider. Cause we all know he hates spiders <laughs> in life and in Harry Potter world. Yeah. Um, but what was different is that in the movie it, he turns the spider into a spider that's on roller skates. That's not what it happens in the book though. Yeah. In the book, um, they, I guess decide to, or she decides to write it in as they cut the legs of the spider and then he just kind of like rolls and flops around <laughs> until it switches over to somebody else's boggart. I like the I like the roller skates a little better. Yeah, way funnier. Uh, next up was Harry, 
And this is actually different as well in the movie is that it actually turns into a Dementor. Mm -hmm. And before Harry can even try to defend himself, Lupin steps in and makes it go away. But in the book, he doesn't even let Harry get in front of it. No, he intercepts way before he even like gets up to for the dem- or the Boggart to change, um, supposedly because he was afraid that the Boggart would turn into Lord Voldemort and he didn't mm-hmm. want the children to be scared. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong. So when Lupin kind of steps in to defend, to get the Dementor away, mm-hmm. he sees a full moon. Mm-hmm. Does that happen in the book? Yes, but it's not described as a full moon. It's basically just like an orb of some sort. Oh, gosh, yes. So it's very much a full moon that then turns into a a balloon, which, again, is a very telling thing for later. So I I did like that little tidbit that they added in there. Um, But now that all the kids are going to Hogsmeade for for the weekend, and Harry can't go, sad face, um, (laughs) but they don't really explain what Hogsmeade is. No. It's just a cool town. <laughs> it's a cool town, but it's like it's like the very first town of just wizards that was founded. Right. So it's very like important to the kids, and they get to and they only get to go there once they've been there for three years. Right. So it's well, like and a there's privilege. some really cool like shops and stores that like Diagon Alley is cool, but I think the fact that this is like very specific to like I always feel feel like Diagon Alley is more like here are things you need to buy for your school, right. whereas like Hogsmeade's like here's where we go on vacation and like right. to have fun. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, let's go to, like, Office Max, and then let's go to, like, the candy store. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but while they're all at Hogsmeade, uh, Harry ends up meeting up with uh, Lupin and basically wants to kind of ask him more about the Dementors. And, um, you know, he tells him that it makes them, you know, relive their worst memories. And that, you know, Lupin knew harry's parents from back in the day mm-hmm. and that his mom was like the best human ever uh but that his dad always found trouble which is kind of similar to what harry does mm-hmm. but he was very very talented so you get the fact that like lupin knows way more what's going on than, yeah. than he leads on but now ron and hermione are back and from hogsmeade and they they actually mentioned very briefly about the shrieking shack being the most haunted uh, building like ever and which is very important that they mention it but Harry's like yeah yeah I know I know all about it <laughs> like and it just gets kind of like brushed over uh, but now they are back trying to get into the dormitory and the fat lady's portrait is like all torn up she's gone um, and she's hiding in the safari <laughs> Which I love. She's hilarious. <laughs> um, but she says that it was Sirius Black. He came. He tried to get in. Um, she wouldn't let him in, so he, he attacked her. But this is what I was talking about. Is that So in the book, she's like gone for a while. Mm-hmm. So they had to find somebody else to, to well, go yeah. guard. If they didn't have anybody, then the dormitory was unguarded and anyone could come and go. So they get this other... I don't even know who he is. I can't remember his name, but um, to, to guard, but he is a total jerk. And he, all he ever wants to do is like fight the students. And like, <laughs> yeah. he changes the password like multiple times a day just to, you know, throw yeah. people off. And of course, poor Neville very, can't ever figure it out. Which is very important of how the passwords end up getting out is because Neville wrote them all down because this guy kept right, changing exactly. them. Right, um, exactly. But yeah, so they don't even mention th- that anything else about that no. at all. Um, one thing they did at this point in this scene, Percy comes down. He's like, move along, move along. I'm head boy. I'm head boy now. And up to that point, we don't even know that Percy has been chosen as head boy. And that's the only time we hear about it. I know. In the book, it's great because Fred and George make fun of him. It's like a whole they thing. They like change his pin. Yeah, it's so it's funny. But yeah, again, poor Percy gets 
pretty much written out of the uh, movie. Not poor Percy. No one cares. Well, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. he, his character gets written out in the movie for the most part. Um, but all the, all the students need to go to the Great Hall. And it's a big slumber party. So much fun. And I wish I would have seen more of it. I know. <laughs> but they don't know how Sirius Black was able to get into Hogwarts undetected. They're like, there's no way. So then you come to find out, like, maybe he's working with someone. And at this point, Snape actually mentions that... You know, he was worried when they said that they were, that they hired Lupin. He's like, mm-hmm. I told you. Yeah. I freaking told you, man. In the book, Percy is actually in that conversation. Yeah. So again, to your point about him getting written out, apparently he's not important in the nope. in the movie to be talked nope, to. Nope, not at all. Now, after, after the slumber party, they're in the Defense Against the Dark Arts class. And Lupin is not there. Snape is... Snape is filling in for him as a substitute teacher. His his dream of being yes, that teacher. his dream. And he says, please turn to page 394. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is all about werewolves. Um, but this is where we uh, we get told about the... Was Animagus? Mm-hmm. Um, which basically is... The difference between a werewolf and an Animagus is that a werewolf doesn't have the choice. It has to change. An Animagus can change into an animal by choice, which, again, is a huge part of the book that kind of gets brushed over, Yeah, you know? Um, And also in the same scene, Malfoy sends Harry a note and is, like, you know, talking about, like, just teasing him, which Mm -hmm. wasn't in the book. And I just, I felt like they were trying to just get Malfoy in there in this movie. Pretty much. You know? Um, but I love the scene. I love how Snape kept saying page 394. (laughs) You do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but now the next thing we get is the one and only Quidditch match we get in this movie. Which is insane to me because there is so much Quidditch in the book. Right. Do you remember when I said, I don't know if it was last episode or the one before this, that Quidditch was, is way more important in the book than I remember it being in the film. Well, not only that, but like in this book specifically, we get introduced to two characters that yeah. are big. So we get introduced to Cedric Diggory right. and Cho Chang. Right. Mind you, they don't come into play in the movies until the next one. But the fact that they've been mentioned and you're just not even, yeah. you're just going to like, I did, I did read that they said that they were in the movie. You can see them flying around in the Quidditch match, Bull. but they're not mentioned and they're not the same character. They're not the same actor. Bull. So you don't, I don't even know it. it. Well, Maybe because yeah. I definitely did not see Robert Pattinson in right. the um, thing, but yeah, it, it's crazy to me that like, well, and it's so important in in this book because um, Oliver Wood, this is his last year, yeah. So they're like really trying to win the Quidditch Cup, yeah. So Bummer. Quidditch does not get it's it's due in this no. movie. Um, but one big thing also though is that at this point they were supposed to be playing Slytherin, mm-hmm. but because Malfoy's a little jerk. You know, in the book, they go into detail about how they managed to, you know, get them to not have to play each other. And plus, it's pouring. Mm -hmm. So Slytherin didn't want to play in the rain either. Um, But Harry ends up, so they're in the Quidditch match now. Harry's flying around and he sees the Grimm in the clouds. Um, And then he starts getting chased by Dementors and he falls off his broom. And Dumbledore ends up saving him. And it just kind of gets, it's a very rushed scene. Totally. And Well, and not to mention, he falls way higher or way from a way higher distance in the movie than in the book. Right. In the book, it's like 50 feet. Right. Which is still far, but like, (laughs) but not to like, he wouldn't have survived this. Um, but Harry ends up waking up in the hospital and his broom actually was, was flung into the whomping willow and is now in a million pieces. Wow. 
Um, but Harry's now with Lupin again, and Lupin is looking rough. Like you can tell, he doesn't feel good. Yeah. There's no, one thing to mention is that they don't. I don't know if it was at this point in the book, but they never mention about how Snape was making a potion to help Lupin feel better. Nope, they, they never mention it nope. at all. Um, but he starts to tell Harry, like the Dementors are affecting you more because of your past. Like the other students haven't gone through a lot. You have, You've and been that's through what. Some shit. Yeah, so like they know, you know, so that's why they're affecting you more. Um, but he does decide that he will help Harry. You know, he'll teach him how to defend against mm-hmm. them, so stuff like this doesn't start happening. But now it's Christmas again, <laughs> and we get our famous snowy Hogwarts scene. You love that. Scene. It's beautiful. I love it. I'm glad that Alfonso decided to keep it in there. True. <laughs> um, but everyone's again leaving for Hogsmeade, and Harry tries to sneak out with the invisibility cloak, which doesn't happen in the book where no. he tries to sneak out first. No. But he ends up running into Fred and George, and we get introduced to the Marauders map, which is basically this like magical map of. Every, you know, every passageway in Hogwarts, you can see where everyone is walking around. That's great. Um, I love the visual of it. I thought it was so cool how so they cool. did it. Well, and the reason that he's not in the invisibility cloak in the book is because Dementors can sense who's under Right, cloaks. because they can't see. Right. Well, and that's a huge thing that they left out of the movie is like this, this fear of the Dementors and like going out at night and, you know, on the grounds and the fact that everybody wants Harry to stay within the, the castle. Right. Because they're afraid for him. None of that is in the no, movie. None of it. <laughs> um, but, you know, to open up the, the map, you have to say the famous words. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. And then you get to see the map. I have a shirt with that on. <laughs> um, but we get it. And it's funny because, you know, having read the book, the details on the map, I'm like, because they talk about Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. And it's funny because Boyfriend Ray walked in at this point. And he's like, who are those people? And I'm like. Yeah, you wouldn't know it just watching the movie. You would have no idea the connection through that, Um, which I was really sad that you kind of just, they left out a lot of that storyline and it sucks. Um, But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, But they end up showing basically Harry like, hey, you can get to Honeydukes in Hogsmeade through these, or through these. Mm -hmm. And something else to note is... um, Fred and George say like these passageways are like no goes like don't use those ones use this one um, that's important to know because one of the passageways comes into play later yes exactly um, but then they do teach him though that like to get rid of the ink so it looks like a normal piece of paper you just have to say mischief managed and then it disappears um, we end up not getting a kind of a fun scene that we get in the book at this point in the movie they kind of write it out but we thought it would be fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So um, during Christmas, because the majority of students go back home, um, there's usually very few students that stay back. Uh, so the the teachers decided to do like a cute little dinner for like the 12 people that are still at the school. Um, and, you know, Professor Trelawney comes out of her like weird world to like <laughs> grace everyone with her presence. And there's like this whole scene about McGonagall and like how she doesn't believe any of the things that P- Professor Trelawney <laughs> says. But one of the main things she says is whoever gets up from the table first is going to die, die. basically. <laughs> and it's funny because Harry and Ron essentially get up at the same time and she goes, which one of you got up first? Right. <laughs> and and like, like, we don't no, know. You're crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so kind of bummed we didn't get that scene, but I understand like, you know, if you got to cut something. Yeah. Uh, the next thing we see, we get though, is Harry taking the secret passageway to Hogsmeade, which takes him into the back room of Honeydukes, um, which I was just, I was very disappointed 
that we didn't get more of Honeydukes because it is such a the the way they like have you visualize it in the book is so cool and you yeah. get to see all the different you know candies and all that stuff and he kind of just walks through it. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't run in the book. He like runs into Ron and Hermione there. Yeah. And he just well, kind of walks through it. They kind of, they essentially combo two of the like Hogsmeade trips in the book into this one yeah. Hogsmeade trip in the movie, yeah. which is weird. But one of the things that Honeydukes is known for are their crazy candies, like I said, mm-hmm. including every flavor birdie bots. So we thought, I don't know why I even brought this up. Uh, we thought it'd be because good it's a great idea. We thought it would be fun uh, to buy a box of the birdie bots mm-hmm. and do a blind taste test of them. Um, I'm excited. We have the box right here. Um, I feel like we should film this. Okay. <laughs> Put it on our Instagram. Hold please. Um, so I thought Rush was going to buy like the nice jelly belly ones that like some of them might. Are be. they not the jelly bellies? They are the jelly bellies, but they do. Okay. Um, they have the ones where it's like some of them. No, these are not. Oh, yes, they are. Um, some of them are good flavors and some of them are bad. You decided to buy the box. That is all bad. Um, It's not my fault. I bought it off of Amazon and it doesn't tell you which flavors you get. So, so. I'm going to give you the flavors. The well, flavors. No. no, I'm going to give you. These are the ones that you might be able. To, I just want to say what your options might be. Oh, okay, fine. Should I start recording our video now? No. Okay. <laughs> um, it could be. Actually, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Film this. And also, sorry for my outfit. It's been a long Christmas break. <laughs> um, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, it could be earwax, dirt, booger, earthworm, black pepper, grass, rotten egg, sausage, soap, or vomit. I mean, sausage sounds pretty good. I might vomit. <laughs> if I get something in my mouth that tastes like vomit, I'm going to vomit. Okay, well, flip it over. Now you know the colors, though. So now you're going to, like, Well, no, cheat. I was going to, like... Okay. No, just like twist it around a couple times. How am I supposed to do this and film? I think you got it. Hold on. I'm just going to do it while I'm on the ground. Oh my gosh, I'm literally going to vomit. Okay, ready? No. Uh, bring your hand forward. Okay. Go for it. Oh my God, that might be vomit. Just grab it. Is that it. vomit? I don't know, but now you've touched it, so. <laughs> oh my God, I don't want to do this. Did you just smell it? It's not going to smell like vomit. Why do you look like you're in pain? I have no idea what that is. Should I look? Uh Uh-huh. I think it's sausage. (laughs) It's vomit. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Now when you said it, once you said it, I tasted it. And you just... I'll wash your... I'll wash it. it on... That was the one I didn't want. Oh my God, it's in my teeth. All right, I'm going to stop the video. <laughs> it was literally, I couldn't taste it. And then you said it. I'm like, Ugh! you're crazy. Could you really taste vomit? Yeah, once, once you said it. <laughs> so oh, it's, so it's all mental. It's literally in my mouth. Oh my God, you're crazy. Okay, it's your turn now. All right. So close your eyes. Okay. Twist them up. Okay. Tell me when to go. Go. Okay, hold on. Let me show it to me so I know which one it is. I forget what my options are, but it doesn't taste too bad. Okay, do another one. <laughs> you need a bad one. What was this? Grass. Oh. It just tastes like herby. <laughs> <laughs> You're annoying. Pick another one. Close your eyes. Can I go? Go. I feel like you're putting certain go. things in my Go. Head. Go. Jerk. Go. 
I can't tell what it is. It's a rotten egg. A rotten egg? Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste like it. Russia likes these. Let me try the vomit. Let me see why. You, you... want to try the yeah. vomit? I... Well, you made such a big deal about it. Also, why did I have my eyes closed the entire time <laughs> I was eating them? Your senses. Okay. It's... I think it's that one. It is that one. I remember you taking it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back. You want the soap one? <laughs> it's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> She actually ran into the garbage can. I just spit it out on the table. It's real bad. Okay, do you want to try any more? Nope. All right. <laughs> okay, well, that was the worst idea we've ever had, but hope you all enjoyed um, it. I don't know. We've had some pretty terrible ideas. <laughs> you can watch our video on our Instagram at the Booby Girls. <laughs> Sorry for closing my eyes the whole time. So anyway, so Harry is now at Honey Dukes, um, where, like I said before, he actually runs into Ron and Hermione there. He ends up kind of just walking through it, and we see Ron and Hermione outside of the Shrieking Shack, and Malfoy and his little cronies show up and start, you know, they start all bickering back and forth, and out of nowhere, a snowball is thrown at the back of Malfoy's head. <laughs> but we all know that Harry's in the invisibility cloak, and that's what ha- that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, in the book, I think it's mud that he throws, yes. and it's a lot more gross, And but he still scares off yeah. Malfoy in the same way. So this next scene while they're at Hogsmeade is quite a bit different um, because Rush and I mentioned, uh, you know, off tape here is that they kind of combined two trips to Hogsmeade. Harry actually ends up going there twice, mm-hmm. I believe. And they kind of just combined all this into one yeah. trip. So I'll go through what happens in the movie and then you can kind of fill in what happened in the book. Um, so they're kind of in downtown Hogsmeade now and they're at like the pub, the local pub. The three broomsticks. Yes, the three broomsticks. And outside of it, they see Professor uh, McGonagall, the Minister of Magic, and Hagrid are all outside. And they mention Sirius Black and that he's back to get Harry Potter. So they are, like, telling basically the owner of the pub. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, she's like, come inside, come inside. We need to talk about this. And so Harry ends up sneaking in there because the other two are not allowed. Mm -hmm. They're, like, too young, so they can't go in. But Harry sneaks in. He ends up eavesdropping on their conversation. And they tell them that Sirius Black is actually who led Lord Voldemort to the Potters the Mm -hmm. night that they died. And that... After that happened, he runs. He ran into their old friend, Peter Pettigrew, who ended up trying to supposedly stop Sirius Black. And Sirius Black ends up blowing him up. And the only thing that they could find was a finger was left behind. Mm-hmm. In the book, they do talk about how when he did this, he actually killed like 12 other people. Correct. It doesn't really get mentioned in the movie. But then they also say at the very end that Sirius Black is Harry's godfather because he was so close with Lillian James growing up. Plot twist. Plot twist. Uh, Harry ends up running out of there and he screams, you know, he was their friend. I'm going to kill him. You know, like you're 13. Cool. cool. Jets. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how that scene ends. It's actually quite a bit different in the book. Yeah. In the book, um, all three of them actually end up going to the three room six to have butter beer, which I have yet to have still. I know. Um, and while they're there, those same people walk in, but they actually just sit at a table right next to them. So they right. move like this Christmas tree in front of them to like block their view. Mm-hmm. And Harry gets under the table. So he's, he's not seen because he's not technically supposed to be in Hogsmeade. Um, but they essentially have this conversation out in the open in front of everybody right. else, which made no sense to me. I was like, 
is this not supposed to be a secret uh, conversation? Yeah. Not sure. Um, but essentially, the conversation's about the same. He he, they divulge the same kind of information. It's just a different way of saying it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but now, so Harry's like super pissed. Obviously, he feels like he was lied to. Mm-hmm. He feels like. He can't trust anyone. He feels his parents are... So Harry's just in a bad place at this moment. Um, so he's now back with Perse- Professor Lupin trying to um, learn how to defend off these Dementors. And this is where we get the Patronus charm. Mm-hmm. So he tells him, you need to think of a really happy memory. Um, and then you say, expecto Patronum. Is that right? That's right. There we go. Um, but you need a little bit more guts though behind it. Well, Harry like is like, Expecto Patronum. <laughs> Expecto Patronum. And then it's like until he gets real into it, then he's like sure. way more into it. Anyways, um, <laughs> Professor Lupin ends up releasing uh, a bugger. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry tries to do do the, the charm and it's like super fail city. Mm-hmm. Like he gets knocked out. Um, on his second try in the movie, he kind of gets it and it helps. Um, in the book, I mean, he does it a million times and he fails. Well, they have like multiple sessions where they yeah. kind of practice this. Yeah. Um, stopping down. Yes. Because we need to know, what's your Patronus? Mine's a fox. Oh. And I don't know what that means. It doesn't, when you do these I wizarding know. quizzes, it doesn't say why and Well, then you're means. supposed to like actually like Google or like go into the wizarding like lexicon and like figure it out. Okay. Um, mine is a Tonkinese cat. What's a Tonkinese cat? No idea. Why couldn't it have been like a Persian cat or like not a cat? Because <laughs> I don't <laughs> like cats. Not a cat. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know what my options were, so I don't know how to be disappointed or not. Like, yeah, I wanted to be like a wolf. Like, I would have rather been a fox than a cat. Well, we can switchies. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> um, but he ends up telling Professor Lupin that his 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 happy memory he was thinking about was his parents. And in the book, that's not the memories he was thinking of. He was thinking of like winning like the Quidditch cup or like the house cup the year before uh, or yeah, whatever, yeah. which I'm like, bro, that, okay. That's not that happy of a memory. No. Um, but now it's like a beautiful spring day um, in, in Hogwarts. And I have this as Scabbers versus Crookshanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically it's like this giant feud between them and Scabbers is gone. They can't find him. Then it kind of just doesn't get mentioned. Like mm-hmm. in the book, like in the book, Ron finds um, blood on his like bed sheets, and he immediately assumes that he's that Scabbers has been killed by Crookshanks, um, and that's why he's disappeared. And he, you know, him and Hermione have it out for each other, and they get in this huge fight, and they're like not talking to each other for like the longest time. So it's definitely a lot more drawn out in the book. Yeah, and because then they just go down to seen Hagrid skipping rocks on the lake, which doesn't happen in the book. Um, but he basically tells him that Buckbeak's, Buckbeak's case has basically not gone his way and that Buckbeak is going to be executed for attacking Malfoy. Um, in the book, there's a lot more about this case mm-hmm. against the hippogriff and like Hermione helps him and all of a sudden there's like a big appeal. All of that gets written yeah. out completely. So a big thing that they took out of the movie is... Um, is, is related to Scabbers and, and specifically. So uh, one of the nights that they're sleeping, um, Ron's like little four poster bed gets attacked and he wakes everybody up and says, I just saw Sirius Black. Like he was just in here. He, he attacked me. He was trying to get me. Um, but like, they don't really know why, like 
if the, if he was in there, why wouldn't he have just gone after Harry? Because that's who right. he wanted. Um, come to find out that the reason or the, the way that he got in there was because Neville had written down all of the passwords for the Gryffindor common room. Um, supposedly Sirius, you know, got that list and was able to get in. And that's right. how he, we still don't know how he got into the castle yet, right. but that's how he got <laughs> into the dormitories. Um, but now in the movie, they're in the dorms. Harry is reading uh, the Marauder's map and he actually sees Peter Pettigrew's name walking around the castle. Mm-hmm. And he had just had learned that he was killed. Right. Supposedly this part is not in the book. Harry is not the one who sees him walking around on this Correct. map. It's looping way later mm-hmm. in the book. But anyways, Harry ends up going to look for him. And the fun, the funny part is they kind of give it away a little bit. You, you see it, you know, Peter's getting closer and closer to Harry and you don't see him. The only thing you hear is little, little tiny, tiny footsteps. I didn't hear that. Yeah. It's little like scamper footprints the whole time or footsteps the whole time. So if you know what's happening, it totally gives it away. Um, but he runs into Snape and this happens in the book. As Harry is sneaking back in from Hogsmeade. It's yes. not it's not Harry looking for Peter. No, so in that scene where Harry tricks Malfoy um, with the mud, he actually his cloak gets pulled down a little bit and Malfoy sees that it's Harry. So he immediately runs to Snape, tattles on him, says that he's in Hogsmeade and he's not supposed to be. And so when he's trying to get back through his passageway, Snape finds him. So little different yeah i don't know why they couldn't just had it that way i have no idea um but snape ends up trying to read the map and right now there's no ink on it and so snape tries to read it and it just starts insulting him so great this is actually one of my favorite parts in the book you kind of get like a um shortened version of it in the movie but it's basically um the four different marauders insulting Snape. So we've got Mr. Mooney presents his compliments to Professor Snape and begs him to keep his abnormally large nose out of other people's other people's business. That's the part we really get in the movie. Then we've got Mr. Prongs agrees with Mr. Mooney and would like to add that Professor Snape is an ugly git. <laughs> and then it goes to say Mr. Padfoot would like to register his astonishment that an idiot like that ever became a professor. And lastly, Mr. Wormtail bids Professor Snape good day and advises him to wash his hair, that slime ball. <laughs> I just love that. I know. and But at this point in the movie, Harry's reading this, and then so Snape thinks it's that Harry's saying that to him. Right. So he gets really mad. Oh, and at this point in the, in the movie, Lupin walks in, and Snape says to him... <laughs> Out for a walk in the moonlight. Oh, so great. <laughs> and and this is where Lupin actually ends up looking at the map and he ends up taking it. And he's like, I should look at it. You know, mm-hmm. this is my expertise. Um, but Lupin ends up, he's mad at Harry at this point that he has this map and he didn't turn it in. And I love this dig that he had. He goes, your parents sacrificed their life for you. And this is how you repay them by sneaking out when you're told that someone is coming to try to murder you. You tell him, Lupin. I was like, great point, Harry. <laughs> or great point, Lupin. You tell him. Yeah. Like, what the heck, man? Um But Harry tells Lupin at this point that he saw Peter Pettigrew on the map. Obviously, it didn't happen in the book because Peter is not or uh, Harry's not the one that saw him. Correct. So now we're back in crazy divination class and they're trying to (laughs) read the crystal balls. 
And I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of this scene because Hermione ends up walking out of this class mm-hmm. and basically quitting this class. And she tells off Professor Trelawney like she's so like, great. And basically Hermione doesn't like it because she's not good at it, which, you know, I don't blame her. Uh, because Trelawney makes it, makes her not good at it. Very she true. just like makes up rules out of nowhere. Very true. <laughs> uh, but while Hermione is, uh, you know, stalking off, she ends up rolling a one of the crystal balls out of the classroom. This does not happen in the book. Harry ends up finding it and is takes it back to his back to her at the end of class. Mm-hmm. And Harry can actually see something in this ball now. And he sees Sirius Black in this crystal ball. And all of a sudden he turns to Professor Trelawney and she's gone even crazier and starts telling him like, he will return tonight. It's going to happen tonight. And she's like glazed over. And then she kind of comes to and is like, did I say something? Yeah. Um, which happens in the book, but it happens like after their final exams. Yeah. So it just kind of comes like this book or this movie adaptation goes a little in and out of the timeline. Way out of time. Way more so than the other two. Um, but now Hermione, Ron and Harry are walking to Hagrid's. And again, like I said, there's no appeal of the, of the hippogriff case appeal. They kind of just, today's the day of the execution. Mm-hmm. So they run down there. That's pretty much how it is in the book though. Like yeah. the appeal is essentially we're here, but we brought an executioner Very anyway. True. Very true. So correct me if I'm wrong. At this point in the movie, they run into Draco and Hermione like threatens him. And then she ends up punching him in the face, mm-hmm. which is great. That This is not the point in the book where they run into him. I think it's like a totally different scene. They combine, I feel like they combine these. They did. It, it wasn't when they, like, it wasn't the point where they were going to see Hagrid. I think right. it was just another point within the, the book. But yeah. um, I mean, I was fine with them putting it here. Yeah. One difference, though, is that she actually slaps him in the book. Mm-hmm. In the movie, she punches yeah, him. Yeah, she's like, I give zero F's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then now they're down in Hagrid's hut and they find out that Scabbers was actually hiding there. He reappears. He wasn't Mm -hmm. dead. So now Ron and Hermione are friends again. (laughs) Um, and something that gets added into this is they're in the hut and the windows open and all of a sudden these rocks start to get thrown into the hut and they don't, they can't tell who they came from. Mm -hmm. This does not happen in the book at all. No. So, which comes into play a little bit later, which... I actually kind of was okay with it. I, I, I actually was, really like this. Edition. Yeah. So they end up leaving throughout the back door and another rocket's thrown at them. They look kind of back to the woods. They can't see anyone. They don't know where these rocks are coming from. Um, anyways, they're leaving Hagrid's hut and poor Buckby gets the ax. He's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I thought was different, Hagrid is way more upset about all this in the book than he is in the movie. He's kind of okay. Not okay with it. Yeah. But like in the book, he's crying. He's writing them letters. Like he's shaking. Like. Well, yeah, he loves his little creatures. Yeah. And I don't know why they didn't have him be like that. I don't don't know. I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird that they didn't have that in the movie. Another thing to mention too, in the book during the scene, uh, the trio, which is what I call them in my notes Mm -hmm. because it's just easier than writing all their names down. (laughs) Um, They are actually under the invisibility cloak because like I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. it's actually um, against the rules to be off the the castle um later in the in the evening but apparently that wasn't necessary no, for the movie guess not um so now so scabbers bites ron on their way back up to the castle and he runs away and he starts running towards the whomping willow well ron runs after him 
And at the same time, this grim dog shows up and attacks Ron and drags him down into the tree. In the book, it's a little more brutal. Like he breaks Ron's leg, mm-hmm. um, which he ends up hurting his leg, but they don't mention it being broken right. in the movie. Um, but Harry and Hermione end up having to fight their way into the tree. They get knocked around and, and they whatnot. get like really, yeah. you know, beat up in the in the book too during, yeah. with the, with the Whomping Willow. So. Now they go in through the Whomping Willow, and it leads them to none other than the Shrieking Shack in dun, Hogsmeade. Dun, dun. <laughs> uh, and we find out that that dog is not a grim dog. It is actually the Animagmus. Did I say that wrong? Agamus? Agamemnon? Agamemnon, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's the Animagus. Yes. Um, that is Sirius Black. Ooh, um, so and Harry tries to kill him right off the bat. He's like, all right, I'm here to kill you. You killed my parents. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Lupin walks in, and it's almost, again, could have been just like the first two movies. Oh, my gosh. But it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> um, but come to find out that Lupin and Sirius Black are buddies. They're yeah. old pals. Uh, and this, I was very, very upset about this whole scene because it was so rushed. Totally. It was so rushed. You missed so much of the plot, yeah. so much of the detail. And I was so, like, I knew what was going on yeah. because I read the book. But, like, it was so, I was just so disappointed in this whole scene because we end up finding out that randomly Lupin's a werewolf. In the book, they tell you how he became a werewolf. Mm-hmm. The fact that he, he went, that Dumbledore is the one who allowed him to stay in to school. Stay in school. Mm-hmm. Um, they used the Shrieking Shack to hide him when yeah. he had to turn. Yeah. And that's why it's not haunted. Everyone just heard him screaming when right. he turned. You don't find out that James Potter, Sirius Black, and Peter Pettigrew learned how to become these shapeshifters yeah. to be with him so they wouldn't... Like, you miss So much of that. All. Yeah. Like, it just sucks that you didn't get any of that. Totally. <laughs> so Lupin and Black are sitting there staring at the kids, and they're like, let's kill him. And at this point, Harry's like, yeah, they're trying to kill me. <laughs> and he's like, I gotta get out of here. Come to find out, no, they're trying to kill Peter Pettigrew, who is none other than Scabbers. <laughs> the gross rats um and snape ends up walking in at this point and he thinks that lupin was helping black get into the castle another thing that you kind of miss out on come to find out that snape was also at school with them at the same time and he kind of always wished that he was like in their little group they always used to pick on snape well, all not the time. only that but um serious black had a plot to like um oh yeah to like have play this terrible prank on on snape that could have possibly killed him yeah but james potter um at the last minute decided to like help him out or whatever so like you don't get the backstory of like how snape and james have this like issue and yeah. why snape really can't stand Harry. <laughs> yeah, I just really wish we would have got that. Yeah. And you don't get any of it. I know. Um, but Harry ends up disarming and knocks out Snape. In the book, it's actually Harry and Hermione together mm-hmm. are the ones that do that. Because I was like, there's no way Harry's knocking him out. Like, no <laughs> way on his own at this point. Um, but we come to find out that Peter's actually who led Voldemort to the Potters. It wasn't Sirius Black. Yeah, it's important to note the reason or how that happened is essentially um, the Potters decided to make or they wanted to make uh, Sirius their secret keeper, which basically means the one person in the world that knows where they're hiding at the very last second. Um, Sirius suggests that it be Peter instead. Because they don't suspect it to be him. Exactly. Um, so, but that, and Sirius Black feels guilty. He feels like he killed them because he didn't mm. become their secret keeper. Um, 
But one of the reasons, one of the main reasons that in the book they talked about how how Sirius ended up knowing that Peter was still alive is because he saw the picture of the Weasleys in Egypt with the rat with a missing finger. And that's how he put two and two together. Fascinating. I was like, that was a stretch, but hey, good <laughs> detective skills. Um, but so it, how did he zoom into that picture? Right, come on. <laughs> it's a magic picture. It's fine. <laughs> that's true. Um, <coughs> and also, I'm like, they let these prisoners in Azkaban just read the paper? Apparently. <laughs> they actually make note of it. Um, when Fudge went to see him, the last time he was there, he had a daily prophet with him. Uh, and he noticed it. He's like, can I have that mm, newspaper? And he just you're gave right, it to you're him. right. Uh, but at this point in the movie, Scabbers ends up turning back into Peter Pettigrew. And it was one of those, I actually thought they did it really well because you could kind of tell as he's coming out of being a rat, you're like, all right, this guy's been a rat for a really yeah. long time. Really <laughs> long time. Um, and at this point, Sirius Black and Lupin are like, all right, let's kill him. Like right now, let's kill him. And Harry is actually the one that ends up telling him or telling them, let's not kill him. Like, Let's let him go to Azkaban. He can rot there. That's what he deserves. Mm. Whatever. Um, so then they decide to just take him back up to the castle. Um, so, yeah. So you mentioned that they didn't say anything about, you know, the Shrieking Shack. And, you know, that's why they were there. You know. The fact they, that the Whomping Willow is one of the passageways that is on the Marauder's map. Well, and, and it was built. And the Whomping Willow was planted there to hide that so no one would get in there also there's a little like knot on the willow that just you know if you press it it stops right <laughs> that would have been to, nice to know yeah really nice to know so anyways they're headed back up to the castle right now and kind of a cool little scene you you don't get them in the book there there's just like long drawn out like how they get everyone out because mm-hmm. everyone's like knocked out at this yeah. point um and we see Harry and Sirius kind of overlooking Hogwarts and having this conversation. And he he offers Harry to come live with him. And Harry's like super stoked. But I'm like, bro, you like don't know this guy. Right. Like, you also, literally just met him. And you tried to kill him. Like, also, he's been in Azkaban for like years. So <laughs> right. maybe don't do that. Um, uh, but at this point, the full moon appears and Lupin turns into a werewolf because... He didn't take his potion, which they ended up mentioning. But you don't find out that Snape is the one that was making him this potion. None of that gets included in the movie. Also, can I just note how much of a genius Hermione is that she had figured this out way before everybody else. But that's how she does it in every movie. She knows all of this. Right, but I just want to give her her props, okay? (laughs) Um, But at this point, I'm like, someone take care of the rat. Someone focus on the rat. And they don't. And Peter t- turns back into the rat and he runs off. Um, and at this point in the movie, Hermione tries to sp- tries to actually talk to the were- talk mm. to Lupin as the werewolf. That doesn't go well at all. <laughs> Snape wakes up and tries to protect the kids. Sirius turns back into the dog to try to, you know, fight off Lupin as the werewolf. Harry runs after Sirius, who is injured at this point. Um, but they're down by this lake and the Dementors come and try to basically the Dementors kiss, basically take the soul mm-hmm. of them at this point. And Harry tries his expecto patronum thing and it kind of works, doesn't really work. And then all of a sudden when it looks like this is the end of Harry, somebody across the lake, we don't know who it is at this point, does the expecto patronum charm and it works and it saves them. And Harry passes out. And it's a stag. It's a stag, which is a deer. Fancy word for deer. (laughs) Um, But Harry wakes up. He thinks he saw his dad across the the lake. Spoiler alert, not his dad. Uh, (laughs) um, Couldn't have waited till later to spoil that. (laughs) It's fine. 
this all this is sometimes i hate about movies sometimes like you feel like we're just about done we're two hours into this movie and then there's like a whole nother thing good point you know what i mean Mm -hmm. anyways um so they get back to the castle they find out that they're gonna perform the dementors kiss on sirius which is gonna suck his entire soul out dumbledore believes them that this isn't you know because now that peter's gone they have no proof that Mm -hmm. you know that Sirius is innocent. Um, But Dumbledore at this point tells Hermione that they can save more than one innocent life. And all she needs to do is do three turns and that should do it. And everyone's like, what? I don't know know what you mean. Anyways, come to find out. And he says that, you know, retrace your steps and just don't be seen. Come to find out. Hermione has had this like time travelers necklace thing the entire you know, school year. And that's Mm -hmm. how she's been getting to all of her classes. She basically goes back in time, does her like, she does one 9am class and then goes back in time and does a different 9am class. (laughs) And everyone's like, what the what? Like, okay, here we go. Like Harry doesn't even ask any questions. He's like, all right, cool. Uh, So they start retracing their steps. We get to see Hermione punch Draco again, which we didn't get in the book a second time because that's not the part that Mm -hmm. they go back to. Um, but yeah, she starts, she describes the time turner and that's how she's been getting to her classes, like you just said. Um, but they head back down to Hagrid's and they say like, why aren't we leaving? Like, cause they have to, they cannot be seen by themselves and they need to get them out. Cause you would out. go mad if you did. <laughs> right. And so they try, they're like, why are we not leaving? We need to leave. And so at this point, Hermione throws the rocks into the hut which came earlier, but you didn't know who, who threw it. Future Hermione helped past Hermione. Wild. Crazy. If you think about it too hard, you'll drive yourself nuts. In the book, I think she just notices them in the window. Like she's like, Oh, um, the, the people are here to kill Buckbeak yeah. and then they leave. <laughs> right. Um, but they end up unchaining Buckbeak. Um, cause he doesn't want to leave. Cause he's just chilling. Um, <laughs> Hermione ends up coming and giving him ferrets, which doesn't happen in no, the book. But, but that's like, smart. The yeah. way to lure an animal is with treats. Yes. My dog every day. Same. <laughs> um, and then Dumbledore actually reacts to this as well. And you kind of get the fact that Dumbledore knows that this is all happening. Mm-hmm. So he tries to like, you know, extend Prolong the time it, and yeah. everything. And so now at this point in the movie, they are just basically waiting outside the Whomping Willow to get back in there. Or no, it's for them to leave mm-hmm. to get back up to the castle. So now in the, this point in the movie, they're all coming out of the Whomping Willow and Hermione just starts howling. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Remembering that at this point, you know, before, this is when Lupin was trying to kill them. So she's howling, saving Harry's life. Right. From she's trying to get werewolf. him away from, uh, from them. So, but now they're, now they go back down to the lake um, cause Harry wants to see if his dad will come mm-hmm. and nope, it's not, <laughs> it's not his dad. It was Harry. What? what? Wild. And this is where he like really emphasizes the expecto patronum. Mm-hmm. Um, and he saves them. Yeah. It's a little different in the book. Um, in the book, they actually go to Hagrid's hut to like wait it out yeah. for whatever reason. And, um, Harry tells Hermione like, oh, I'm just going to go, like, see what's going on, but, like, lies and then goes to the lake to, yeah. to see what happens, um, hoping that he'll he'll see his dad. So a little different, but, I mean, the same thing happens. Yeah. He ends up being the one to, to create the Patronus and help save the day. Yeah, same thing. They end up flying Buckbeak back to the castle, which doesn't happen, but that's the most efficient way to do right. it. But they're back at Hogwarts now, and they bust Sirius out. Gotta go. Yeah. Get out of here. It's interesting because in the mo- or in the movie, yeah, um, they like 
bust open this like gate mm-hmm. that he's in in the book um hermione just uses the alohomora yeah. spell to like open a window yeah <laughs> well and then but there's like Harry's like, I want to go in the movie. He's like, Harry's like, I want to go with you. Like, it's like all this long drawn out, like in the book, they're like, all right, gotta go. Yeah. Go. Literally leave. leave. (laughs) Um, But they get him out just, you know, they, he does escape. He Mm -hmm. leaves. um, And then Harry and Hermione get back to the hospital and just in the nick of time. (laughs) Because they had to get back there. Otherwise, it was going to throw everything off. Um, But Harry is now, Harry now has another chat with Lupin. Hold on. I actually really loved the fact that in the movie they added that Ron was awake during this time. And he's like, wait a minute. How'd you get over there? You were just over here. Yeah. Like, he's like, how did this happen? And they're like, please, Ron, how could somebody be in two places right. at once? Honestly, it was great that Ron was incapacitated at this time because yeah. he would have messed that whole thing 100%. up for them. <laughs> um, but now Harry walks in on Lupin as he is packing up all his stuff because he has resigned. Um, another one bites the dust. Yep. Another one. Um, because someone quote unquote Snape has let it leak that he is a werewolf and all the parents will start, you know, writing and right. saying, you know, you can't have a werewolf teaching my children. Which is probably right. I mean, <laughs> if you got it under control, it's fine. <laughs> I guess like my thing, cause they were saying like, you know, none of this made a difference. We're all back where it started. And he's like, you know, it's, it's fine, Harry, you released an innocent man. But I was like, you know what, Harry, I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> like we went through all of this yeah. and Sears Black has, is still escaped. Like mm-hmm. he escaped on his own. He's and still he's technically still escaped. Right, so he's yeah. still a fugitive. Like not to mention nothing, Peter Pettigrew's still on the loose. Nothing has changed. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, Harry, I understand. <laughs> um, but he gives Harry back the Marauders map. Um, because he's like, I'm no longer your teacher, so go ahead yeah. and go ahead and have it. Um, but then now we're nearing towards the end of the movie and we're back in the Great Hall, and someone has sent Harry the firebolt, the new broom. Uh and the only thing that is left there is a feather from Buckbeak. So presumably it's from Sirius Black, right. but that's not how it happens in the, in the, in the book. No, in the book, he gets the firebolt way earlier, like pretty soon after um, the Whomping Willow ki- uh, ruins his first broom. Um, and we don't get a note or anything. We don't know who it's from. Um, but Hermione being the genius that she is, is worried that it might be from Sirius Black as a way to kind of hurt Harry. Mm-hmm. So she actually gets it confiscated by Professor <laughs> McGonagall so that they can do all these like counter curses to see if it's like hexed or jinxed or whatever, right. um, which makes Harry and Ron really upset because they were really counting on the firebolt <laughs> to help them win the cup, right. which spoiler alert, they do win the cup. They do, in the but movie, we don't know about it book. in the book or in the right. movie. <laughs> I know crazy. Um, but yeah, it's like t- completely taken out, which is kind of sad, but whatever. Um, and, and at the end of the movie, Harry basically just gets on the firebolt and then that's the end of the movie. Yep. He's flying away. Bye-bye. But in the book, he actually ends up getting a letter from Sirius Black to end the movie right. or end the book. They're on the Hogwarts Express and he, yeah, he ends up getting a, um, a letter from uh, one of the a little, owls. A little owl. A little owl, yes. <laughs> who's only supposed to do like, you know within the city type Local. delivery, local <laughs> deliveries. Um, but yes, it's from Sirius. He's basically saying like, I'm safe, but like, I'm not going to tell you where I am. And he actually does one of the awesome, the best things for Harry is he signs his permission slip so that he can go to Hogsmeade mo- moving forward because he is his god godparent. Mm-hmm. And um, he, you know, technically is one of his uh, guardians. Uh, but the coolest thing about this whole thing is that little owl becomes Ron's new 
animal. Yeah. Because, yeah. He's like, because technically I lost you, your other. Yeah. <laughs> Super cute. Yeah. And that's how it all wraps up. Actually, though, it ends with the Dursleys again in the book. And he tells them, <laughs> they're like, what is that? Because at this point he has the letter from. Oh, from, yeah. And he's like, it's from my godfather. <laughs> I have one of those. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you don't have anyone. And he's like, yeah. And actually he's a convicted murderer. Um. <laughs> I was like, I love the way, I actually really like the way the book ended um, compared to the movie. I agree. Well, he's such a, like, he actually, like, stands up to the Dursleys. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so three down, seven, no, how many more books to go? Four more books to go? Yeah, and five more episodes. Jeez Louise. Anyways, so do you feel like this movie stayed true to the book? <laughs> um, The concept, yes. The timeline, no. Because as we mentioned a couple times, like, they completely, you know, mix up the series of events. So that's, yes and no is my answer. What about you? Uh, I I agree. I mean, I think the concept of it was, I just, I just feel like they left out so much detail, Mm -hmm. like important detail, that it's hard to say it stayed completely true to the book. It was kind of surface level for me. True. But funny enough, again, we talked about how we're going to rank the books and the movies when we're done. Going back, thinking about which one was my favorite movie. I think all along I've been like, yeah, Prisoner of Azkaban has been one of my favorite movies. Put your jaw back together. What? Because I just really, because it was darker. I really enjoyed it. But now having read the book and watching the movie, I'm like, I don't think I like this movie as much anymore. Because of all the stuff that they left out. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's just funny how like my, I feel like my you know, opinions are changing a little bit. So is it safe to say that you're choosing the book? I'm choosing the book. Yay! I am also choosing the book. Two times now. Well, yeah, because and and honestly, as we keep going, like more and more things will be left out of yeah, these movies, which I, mean, I understand. I mean, for for lack of a better reason than you know time, yeah. um, a lot gets taken out. But uh, I'm glad that you picked the book because for me, this movie, Chambers, probably. My least favorite, but this is probably second least. Yeah. Honestly. Like, I like that we get introduced to Sirius in this movie, but, like, that's really it for me. Yeah. (laughs) We shall see. (laughs) All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Booby Girls. You can also email us at theboobygirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. There are a couple levels that you can sign up for. The rom-com level gets you uh, episodes at least 24 hours in advance. You also get access to our Karen reviews. And then our drama level gets everything I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining. You get a shout out in a future episode. And you also get access to our after credits party episodes. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the movie girls. And also I should have mentioned, I just shipped out our prize from our last Instagram contest. Yes. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. A, that was a pretty cool prize. Like it I was, was kind of really sad cool. that like someone else won it. I know. <laughs> and you'll get extra, you know, footage of us eating the birdie bots or birdie right. beans or whatever the heck these gross things are. Um, obviously up next we are doing Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I'm very interested on what my opinion is going to be about this because I have always, you're going to, your jaw's going to drop again. I've always hated this movie because I cannot stand Harry's hair in this movie and I, all I can see and it bugs the crap out of me the entire time. That's fair. So Ron's hair like, isn't any better. It's bad. They're all in that <laughs> awkward teenage stage. So I don't know. I don't, it's going to take me six weeks to read this book. Cool. Let you have a week. Um, All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. (laughs)